Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever daddy. Oh how we love you so I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. All right. Good morning. Good morning. So the only crying we should be hearing is from the adults when they get hit hard with the word. Amen. Anybody excited about the word of God this morning? Man, I'm about to have a heart attack because it's just like up in me so strong right now. Who had that vision about the cobwebs? Who was that? See, the, 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 the cobweb thing, man, I mean, everything that happened this morning is already just confirming everything that I want to share. But there's the thing about cobwebs is that, see, the, the, that was a picture of the body of Christ just being... The thing about cobwebs is they're invisible to begin with. They're hard to see, right? Around my house, there's a lot of trees, and so me and my daughters are always walking into them. You know, because you, you're gone all day, and when you come home, they've already built a thing kind of, you know, from... And so you walk into it, you're like, ah! And they got stuck. And the thing about a cobweb... <coughs> Once it gets on you, it gets stuck. Right? It's all over you. It like gets all you can't you can't find it, you can't get it off your face. It, it's, it's all over you. But but the other thing about cobwebs is for a cobweb to form on you, you have to be totally still. I let that sink in. See, for a cobweb to form on you, you have to be totally still. So so you see, if there's cobwebs in the body of Christ, it's because people ain't moving. It's because we're not doing anything. It's because we're standing. Do you understand to, for a spider to form a cobweb from this pole to me, it has to go there and back and there and back and there and back and there and back. And if you've seen them, they do these beautiful designs, right? But each time they have to come back. If I moved, I wouldn't be there any longer. Amen? Are you getting the picture? <coughs> All right, let's start. Let's start. Let's get into the Word. I got a... a, a confirmation this morning a million just these and 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 then uh, i got a magazine this morning faith on the front lines and it had soldiers on the because you know sometimes i i i the stuff that god gives me i'm like man this is kind of rough man let me just be gentle with people you know once in a while but then god will confirm it to me and say just shut up and do what i tell you to do because if you do what you think you could do you're going to be wishy-washy like anyway so so amen we're going to get into the word amen Here's the quote for this morning. The adventure of life is to learn. The purpose of life to grow. The nature of life to change. The challenge of life to overcome. The essence of life to care. The opportunity of life to serve. The secret of life to dare. The spice of life to befriend and the beauty of life is to give. Amen? Amen? Come on, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. We're on a journey through the book of John. And man, this study has been putting out some hardcore men and women of God. Anybody in here today? 
There's some hard, it's putting on some hardcore men and women of God. And, you know, I want to talk to you today on the topic of active duty. Somebody say active duty. Because if you're in active duty, there's no cobwebs forming on you. Amen? You see how God just confirms and knows everything that he's talking about? Amen? John chapter 12 said, Jesus said, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be also. In the message it says, if any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. Amen? Ready to serve. If you missed that message, go to the website and download it, podcast it. But you need to catch up on these things because you need to be where we are. Amen? So ready to serve. So in chapter 12, Jesus tells us plainly, if you're going to serve me, you got to follow me. Amen? Is that simple? Don't talk about me. Walk with me. Don't just rock me on a t-shirt and I'm more than a fish symbol on your car. Don't include me on a tattoo unless I'm a real part of you. Amen? See, I'm sick of all those things. Don't include me in those things unless I'm a part of you. Don't put me on the outside if I can't be on the inside. Amen? Listen, I had a, this was years and years and years ago. There was a little Italian lady. You saw her here once. She came and I had her close out in prayer. She's my sister from a long, long way back. But we were at a funeral one time. And it was at the Ortiz Funeral Home on, on Westchester Ave. And it must have been a thug or somebody that died because all thug nation was there. I mean, nobody was there that wasn't a thug. You you understand? Nobody just walked in straight. Everybody walked in like this, you know. Everybody was thugging. It was so hard thug up in there. You you understand what I'm saying? Right? It was just just tattoos and bling and jewelry and gold teeth and just people had short legs. Everybody walking like... I mean, it was so gangster up in there. You know what I'm trying to say? And so, so I'm there like, what am I doing here? You know, I'm like really out of place here. I'm, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And I was with this little sister because we knew a friend. Of, we were a friend of the family. We didn't know the guy that had passed, a young, a, young, a young thug that got caught up in something and got shot and killed, right? So all these guys were there. So then comes in this one guy. He was the most intimidating dude I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the guy had tattoos on his tattoos and had muscles on his muscles. He was in a wife beater and he couldn't put his hands down. You know, he was just, I mean, but but then on top of that, he was just, there was just something hardcore about this guy. You know how you get a teardrop here if you kill somebody? He had like numbers. It was like 47 or something. The dude, you didn't want to look at him twice. You you look in his face and you look down. He said, if I look at this guy twice, he's going to just rip my head off. I mean... I mean, rough. The dude looked rough. And it looked like people were afraid of him. So he must have been somebody. You you understand? On the street. Rough. My little white Italian sister goes up to him. He's got on this cross that had to weigh 37 pounds. I mean, it it was a cross and Jesus was on this cross. It was a monster. But on him, it looked normal. On me, it would look like a, like a, you know, like a banner, like a pole, you know. But, but on him, it, it looked, you know, it looked fine huge though this huge this little lady i don't know if you remember her she was she's about this big janice magestro she went up to this guy i'm sweating just being next to the guy she went up to this guy she goes jesus didn't die to hang on your heart he wants to be in your heart i said 
I, I froze for a minute because I said, you know, if he gets angry, I, I got nothing for you. I'm, you're done. You know? I mean, but she, she can, I, can I tell you that she broke this guy? He broke. Bowed his head. But praying with her by the end of the evening there at the thing. I mean, because, see, there was something about the boldness of God that we need to walk in. Amen? See, I was just a baby in Christ back then. I'm not, a, I'm not scared of the thugs no more. But, but see, back then I was a baby. I didn't realize that I had that authority to go up. If, even if I had to climb up on his belt and speak into his face, that I could do that because God is with me. Amen? But she said, she told him just like, you know, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that he can hang on your heart. He needs to be inside your heart. Received it. He was broken. Amen? Woo! So we, 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 John is telling us, you can't just, don't just know about me, be about me. Right? And so th- this week I was reading all these polls and statistics that say that 75% of people in America consider themselves Christians. 75%. But, but Daniel, check this out. In 1990, it was 86%. 86% of the nation considers themselves Christians. So that says to me that back in the 90s, either 14% of the nation was really, really, really strong, or 86% were really, really weak. Can we talk this morning? So either, either those 14% were totally on mission, or those 86% were off mission, completely clueless. If 80, understand something, if 86% of the nation was Christian, then some of us has had to be confused, compromised, or counterfeit, because something doesn't add up. Amen? Something, something just doesn't, doesn't add up with these numbers. Let's, let's understand some easy math here. If there were 100 people, and 86 people wanted to something in a certain way, how many of you know that's the way it's going to happen? Let me give you an example. I, I did some counting here. And so if, if everybody in the brown chairs here in the middle, if you guys would stand up. Brown chairs in the middle section. Just brown chairs in the middle section. As a matter of fact, the whole middle section. Just stand up. The whole middle section. Because we got some empty seats here. So we got to... The whole middle section. Just stand up. Do I need an interpreter? No. All right. Amen. Now, 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 look, look around, guys. If these people wanted something done in the church, look off to the side. Look intimidating off to the little, little sections on the side. Give them a mean look. Look intimidating. This, come on. If, if, if you understand, you see the numbers, right? If this many people wanted something, this is the way things are going to be. Not, not what these guys say. Amen? You, you can sit down. Thank you. Then something just doesn't add up. The only way that 14 people could take on 86 would be if they had better weapons or if the 86 didn't even know that they were in a war. Am I preaching yet, Danny? Now, God math is is totally different. We all know that. Right? The word says with, with God, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. But this has nothing to do with God math because supposedly the 86% are the supposed godly. 
so I, I, that, that, I couldn't let go of that. That kept grabbing me, and I'm, and I'm reading. I'm saying, if 86 people out of every 100 were Christians, the music industry would be totally reversed. Because the garbage that we call music today with all of his advisory warnings and on the CDs and, and the rated and unrated versions of their videos, they would only be supported by 14 people out of every 100. So the music industry would be turned inside out. Christian labels would be selling 86% instead of Christian groups just being happy if they could sell 14 CDs. While those singing against everything that we believe and standing directly against God go double platinum. The numbers don't make sense. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Something doesn't make sense. Even those mocking God. I looked up the top 10 songs on the MTV charts this week. In one of those songs, this gets me so heated, I just want to slap somebody. It, 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 two guys on the top 10, on the top 10 this week, the, who sing, one of them in the song claims to be God, and the other one in the song talks about, he, he boldly singing to his fans about, he's talking about not gods and booties and the whole nine, but in there he says, and so when I go to church, no pictures please. I said, wait a minute, what, how'd that fit in there? He went from booty to church. How, I don't understand the connection, but, but it's just a boldness, and I'm not scared, I'll tell you who it are, it's Jay-Z and Kanye West. The, the song is Run This Town. That should get somebody angry. That should get the body of Christ angry because family, they are running this town. They're doing exactly that. And the sad thing is that if one of them walked in here right now, some of you would turn your backs on the message just to take a picture with them. And that's why he says in the song, so when I go to church, no pictures please. I'll throw you out this church if you didn't come in here with a humble... I mean, you're welcome, amen? They're welcome. Everybody's welcome here. But if you come in here thinking, thinking we should worship you, you're in the wrong place. Amen? And if I see one of you turn around and take pictures with them, you'll be out the door too. Amen? Because he's mocking God. They're mocking God. One of them says he's God, and the other one, man, something don't add up. Amen? Somewhere in that 86%, some people are calling themselves Christians who are either confused, they're buying into the wrong things, they're compromised, they're allowing themselves to cross lines the word says we shouldn't, or they're counterfeit, people calling themselves Christians who have no idea what it means. Jesus says if you would serve me, if you'd call yourself a Christian, then you got to follow me. Those of you that are just visiting today, I'm <laughs> it's really a loving church. We really love people here. We really want you to be comfortable and you know love, be loved on this morning. But, but I gotta preach the truth. I gotta preach the truth because I gotta live. I gotta live with this thing. I gotta preach the truth. Amen. See, many people have even stopped. There's a whole movement that don't call themselves Christians anymore. They call themselves Christ followers. Because there's a difference in that, isn't there? Because you see, Jehovah Witnesses call themselves Christians. Even though they don't believe Jesus is God. The Mormons call themselves Christians. Even though they've added a third testament and got some real crazy relationships between Jesus and Lucifer. 
The Freemasons call themselves Christians up until they get to a certain level and that's when they reveal to those that have been serving at the different stages and, and, <coughs> and they let them know that they worship Lucifer, that Lucifer is the morning star that created Adam and Eve. That's in their belief systems. The only ones that don't openly call themselves Christians are the Wiccans, but the Wiccans, even them, profess to only do white magic, so they're good too. And, but, but, but then again, we're teaching our kids all about white magic anyway with our Harry Potter books and movies and every other series on TV about witches and wizards and vampires. So by the time our kids, or by the time our children are able to make decisions, they've already been so desensitized and so exposed to the counterfeit, they're not able to tell what's good or bad. Couple that with all the games and the movies today about witchcrafts involving good-looking vampires and sexy witches. I said witches. Who only help people. And, and where are our children learning what's godly? From the home, from the parents. But in one-third of those homes, the men are absent. And in the other third, the men are clueless. So that means by those standards, let's just, you know, let's call it what it is. By those standards, you can take parts of the Bible out and call yourself a Christian. You can skip over what you don't think is relevant and call yourself a Christian. You can add all that you want to the Bible and call yourself a Christian. You can modify it and still be able to call yourself a Christian. You can leave the Bible out completely, just do good things, be spiritual, and still call yourself a Christian. But to be a Christ follower, we need to take the whole word as is. Somebody say, as is. Is it me? Am I bugging out? Or does the church have to wake up and stop being ignorant brethren? Amen? Our schools aren't getting any better. The movie industry's not getting any better. The music industry's not getting any better. Don't tell me that we live in a Christian nation when the only time we can pray in schools is when somebody's shooting it up. This ain't a Christian nation, amen? Something doesn't add up and it's time for the body of Christ to walk powerfully to walk in the God given us supernatural gifts to walk in I know some churches downplay it some churches ignore it some places say that's for past well that's why we're powerless amen it, it, it's like you know the, 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 the military giving, giving the, the newest weapons to the soldiers and the soldiers saying no 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 that, that, that stuff we don't deal with that no more no we'll do uh, psychological warfare no man they got guns you need guns amen they got guns. We need guns. We need to walk in the gifts that God has given the church. We need to, man, we got to be able to empty the hospitals. We got to be able to, to raise the cemeteries. We got to be able to walk supernatural. Otherwise, you're just in a club. Then go join the Freemasons. Go join all the other giftless religions. But if you're going to be a Christ follower, Jesus said, be where I am. Do what I do. Be about me. Amen? You can watch a lot of football on TV. It doesn't make you a football player. You could be the best in any basketball video game, but that doesn't make you a basketball player. You can listen to a sermon here and there. Stop by church when you get a chance, but it's not going to make you a Christian either. Amen? 
you need to serve and you need to follow. Ultimately, we become what we pursue. Oh man, if you guys think about that for a chance, that'll, that'll stop what you're chasing. We ultimately become what we pursue. We become what we chase after. We become what we worship. If we worship the living God, then we start, we, we understand that we're created in His image and we start walking a different way. We start doing things differently. But if we're walking and chasing other stuff, we become what we accept. Listen, Proverbs says, Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Parents, start checking the games. Start checking the shows. Start checking stuff. And at our next kids conference, I'm going to hold a parent seminar just for those parents. I used to do this back in the youth, and I used to just explode everything to the parents. I used to, we, we, we got into everything. Back then it was Pokemon and all this kind of stuff. And I used to just come and we teach about everything that, that the kids, and the parents would leave like, you know, with their jaws dropped, their eyes just bugging out, and, and realize I had so many testimony after testimony of parents that told me, you know what, all hell broke loose in my house when I bought my kids a Pokemon bed set with the curtains. And, and she said, and I never understood it, but, but now that I think about it, it was, when, <coughs> it was when we changed that whole set in the room that the kids started wilding out. So he says, so go take it down. Go pray over that room and watch things change. Guaranteed, things changed. So, so we, we need to expose the things of darkness, Amen. Get this picture. This is the biggest picture I want you to get today. The military has two kinds of soldiers. One are the active duty. Those on active duty, they live in the military. They don't report to duty, they're on active duty. Whether they're awake or asleep, they are on full-time active duty. They're in uniforms, they're in formations, they're on locations. They are armed and ready to serve. Ooh, what a picture. What a picture. The military also has soldiers on reserve. And I'm not trying to, you know, say anything about the, there's a place for that in the military. But so just understand where I'm coming from. The military has soldiers on reserve. These men and women are not on active duty. They're not in uniform. They dress like everyone else. They're not on location, they live wherever they want. They're not employed full time, they work regular jobs doing whatever they want to do. They are unarmed. They might be soldiers, but they're unarmed. Check this out. They only train or practice who they are one weekend a month or two weeks out of the year. They're only called upon when there's an extreme emergency, when situations get critical, <laughs> when the warfare is too much for those on active duty, they get called on only after many on active duty have already been killed. Oh. Please church, just grab this picture. 
Because I believe God gave me this picture because the body of Christ is in danger of having more people on reserve than it has in active duty. There are more people living in this world only practicing who they are one or two weekends a month, maybe two weeks out of the year. The rest of the time, they're walking around like everyone else. They're dressing like everyone else. They're doing what everyone else does. They're walking around without their uniforms, without their weapons, while those on active duty, those in ministry, those planting churches, running youth groups, chasing after kids and children's ministry, those standing in the streets evangelizing are dying out. They're being burnt out. They're dying off. We hear, you, you hear it, so many ministers falling into sinful situations. Do you think that's because they were all bad from the start? I don't believe that. I believe it's because there are spiritual snipers setting them up. They're, they're being set up to take a fall. They are being ambushed. They're being trapped. They're, they have this tailor-made temptations coming their way. And because they stand alone, there's no one around to protect them. Because they're always on them by themselves, nobody's around to warn. Nobody's around to, to lift up. Nobody's around to encourage. Nobody's around to maybe jump in front and take a bullet for them. But quickly, quickly, when they fall, the whole body rises up. The whole body rises up. Just look at him. Look at look at the pervert. Look at the nasty, nasty man. Look at look at the sinful man. I knew he was only for this. I knew he was. You knew nothing. You were in reserve sitting with cobwebs all around you and you couldn't move if you had stood with the man maybe he wouldn't have fallen see it's time that we get to understand that the minister is no different than anybody else you 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 might not hear that in too many churches because because See, we, we, we like this Wizard of Oz type of uh, facade. We like to be the little man behind the curtain pulling the strings. And, and you know, in the Wizard of Oz, right, when, they, you know, I got to go to him to get my heart. I got to go to him to get my courage. I got to go to him to get my brains because he knows everything. And this little man was behind the curtain pulling levers but never wanting to be exposed. Let me expose the curtain. I'm the little man behind the curtain. The pastor's a little man behind the curtain, and I just want you to understand he's just a little man. Just like you, just like everyone else, amen? Those in ministry, we, we, in this place, we're not playing the curtain thing, you understand? We're all on the same level, man. We come, I, I, tell, I just told the men's group this Tuesday night when we got together, I said, I know that me, myself, I am three or four bad decisions away from being a total wreck. Three or four bad decisions is all it would take to shipwreck my faith, to shipwreck my, my reputation, to shipwreck everything that I am as a pastor, to shipwreck everything that I've ever done in ministry. Because three or four bad decisions away, now that's all I'll be known for. I won't be known for 11 years of youth ministry. I won't be known for planting this church. I'll be known for the three or four bad decisions that I make. And you'll all talk about me and you'll all spread the word and the gospel will go further than the gospel. Amen? Woo! See, unlike, (coughs) 
Unlike the military, Jesus tells us throughout the entire book of John, none of us were put into the reserves. We are all called to active duty. Chapter 13, Pastor Gary broke it down last week. One of those things you have to do is not only love God, not only follow God, but if you love and follow God, the word says, Jesus says, you're going to have to love my people. Jesus makes it pretty clear, opening chapter 13 by washing the disciples' feet. He says, I got to wash your feet. He puts on a thing and he becomes a servant. And he says, the leader is the servant. Do you see the picture? The leader is not the man behind the curtain. The leader is the servant. And so he washes their feet. And, and we can look at that and say, yeah, man, but, but Jesus was close to those guys. They were his boys. They were tight with him. You know, I'd do anything for those that are real close to me. But, but if you keep reading in that chapter, you'll find that John ends the chapter on servanthood. With the last two sections being about the man who's at the table who's about to betray him. Who's about to sell him out. And then he ends the chapter by telling the exact guy, Peter, who he just had his feet washed, that he would even deny knowing him three times before the next day. Listen, church, some people are going to be hard to love. Love them anyway. Some people will betray you. Do not let your heart be hardened. Coming from the man that's been betrayed, I can talk about it. Some people will deny you. Don't let it get you bitter. Let it go. Maybe some, somebody's just here for that today. Let it go. Don't let it get you bitter. Some of you can truly understand what it's like for someone who has sat at your table, has broken bread with you, had fellowship with you, to turn around and sell you out. Some of you can totally understand what it's like from someone who you thought was supposed to care about you, who's supposed to look after you, to be with you through, through it all, through the end. Someone's supposed to be your ride or die. You, you know what I'm saying? To turn around and act like they never knew you. Jesus says, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. And in verse 34, he says, A new command I give unto you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. As I have loved you. You need to think about what we've seen so far in the book of John. Jesus went after those that were hard to love. Those that no one else cared for. He went after those that would probably get thrown out of many churches today. He went after those that even if they wouldn't get thrown out of church, they'll never be allowed to sit in the building, you know, in, in any place of authority because of the way they look, because of the way they, they where they came from, the way, you know, the, the, the vibe that they give off. They would never be truly, truly accepted. Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He said, I ain't come for the well, I came for the sick. And listen, listen to this. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. The message says, this is how everyone will recognize that you're my disciples. When they see the love that you have for each other. Listen, the uniform for those on active duty is love. 
That's the way we recognize each other. Not by the Christian t-shirt, not by the, the Christian tattoo, not by the Christian hat, not the Christian sneakers, not the Christian jeans, not because we suck on Christian mints or true Christian gum. They're going to know us. The uniform that we wear is the love that we have for one another. Now, I don't know about you, but I met some cranky, nasty Christians. Anybody? Not here, so we can talk about them. But, we, but I met some, some of the meanest people I've met are Christians. They are obviously not in uniform. The uniform for those on active duty is love. The location is wherever God has planted you. The formation is the local church that you belong to. And the weapons, let's get into the weapons. Because the weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You need to hear that in the message. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. Oh, man. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. They are for demolishing that entirely, massively corrupt culture. We use... (laughs) Facebook it. Facebook it. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, for tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, for fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Can I just officially call everyone into active duty this this, this morning? Can we start looking at things differently? See, the church has made serving the Lord boring because we're doing it wrong. The church has made Christianity corny because we haven't taken the time to understand it. There's nothing corny about a man that would lay down his life that you can live. You think that's corny? Listen, <laughs> if you think that's corny, think about it the next time you have you come close to death. Think about it the next time you 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 you, you taste death. You know when we have those experiences sometimes that that men, if you, you whoa, if I would have moved, the car would have just plowed me down, or or if if I would have been here or been there, I would have been there when that accident took place. You know when God just saves your life sometimes. Think about it next time when you think, well, you know, Christians are corny. Christians are, you know, they're they all doing corny things. They say corny things. Man, this man laid his life that you can live. If any of you can be that corny, then, then, then we can talk. Amen? Men and women and for decades have given their lives for something that we think is weak and take for granted. Jesus called a few men into active duty and they impacted the whole world. I know we don't live in a Christian nation and it's probably more like 14 of us against the 86. 
But all the more, we just need to be on active duty. Amen? Because the Word says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So if there's 86 people shooting at us, 14, so what? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, somebody need to be empowered this morning. We need to be on active duty. We need to talk about bringing our faith to the front lines. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 says, Go then and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I just want to end like this. We're not gonna, I'm not going to have the worship team come up. I'm not going to call you to come up. Because this gets too easy. Amen? Like here, it's easy to be a Christian in front of other Christians. It's easy to be churchy in front of church folk. It's easy to do what everybody else does. And inside here, you know, most people would respond. Most people would come up inside here I don't know that if those same people given in another environment where maybe we'd be outnumbered given in another place where maybe there would be oppression that would come from it there would be mockery there would be you know uh, making fun of there would be there would be some some different kind of you know where, where responding would set you apart so that's my call for you today get on the active duty. Bring your faith to the front lines. Don't do it here because that's easy. That we should have done in the beginning of the service. Before a drum hit, man, we should have had half a church up here praying. Before a drum, a drum roll hit, before, before a, a song started being sung, man, that's the time where the body of Christ, where real soldiers are already reporting for duty. Do you understand that, you know, if worship starts at 11, I don't want to get on nobody and be legalistic or nothing, but if worship starts at 11, for you to get here at, at 12, it means you've, you've, you've dishonored the worship. I'm not, please, don't, don't, don't hear my heart on this. I'm not trying to be legalistic and, 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 and oppressive. And, and I'm just saying, if, if, if worship, if you understood the power that happens during worship, you'd never miss two minutes of it. If you understood that in worship, that God says, I inhabit the praises of His people, so when we worship, God can't resist. He has to come close to it. If you understood that, you wouldn't miss 30 seconds of it. And, and everyone would be here worshiping in the beginning. We wouldn't have to make no calls. We wouldn't have to get no visions. We wouldn't have to encourage anybody, like, like performers trying to work a crowd. Trying to, we just, man, we're here to worship. If you want to get down with it, step into it. Step into it. Amen? So can, let's just bow our heads for a moment. Faith on the front lines. Listen, some, some of you guys were just showing me this in, in, in the room when I was praying this morning. Some of us go through things. We get hurt, man, and God hurt, you know, and, and we get hurt and we feel like, man, why God let me go through that hurt, man? Why did God let me go through that disappointment? Why did God let me go through that, through that challenge, through that trial? But you know that sometimes the men, and God was just showing me, sometimes the godly get hurt so that we can teach the ungodly how to deal with it. 
I know that that's, if, you know, that takes some serious maturity to, to grab that. But sometimes we struggle, sometimes we hurt, so that we can teach the ungodly how to deal with hurt, how to deal with struggle, how to deal with lack, how to deal with, with, uh, with, with issues, how to deal with gossip, how to deal with backbiting, how to deal with cancer, how to deal with barrenness, how to deal with insecurity. How to deal with poverty, how to deal with, with abundance. The godly get put in all these situations so that we can show, I believe, so that we can show the ungodly how to deal with it. Because where else will they learn? How else will they know? So every time one of us, you know, we get hurt, and, and, and man, sometimes we act like such, such babies, man. We're, you know, we're going, God has done so many things. And then one little thing, God doesn't answer. God doesn't give me the boyfriend that I want. Or God doesn't give me the, the, the $26 to buy the whatever. Or God doesn't give me the new pair of shoes or the sneakers. And, and our whole theology is shook. Come on, you're, I'm talking to somebody today. Our whole theology is shook. But God, I really wanted it. But God, I asked you for it. But God, I don't know if you even exist. And we shake angry hands at God for the stupidest little things. When God is just wanting you to show somebody next to you how to deal with hurt, how to deal with depression, how to deal with hard times. Show them that there's a hope in you, that there's a reason in you, that there's a promise that you hold on to. And show them that nothing compares to the promise that we have. Amen? Obedience breeds maturity. And so we're just going to pray and we're going to go. We're going to pray and we're going to go. And listen, I really, I really feel this strongly in my heart. Unless, unless we start living in active duty, unless, man, you, unless this place starts... Listen, if, if you want us to take... God's not going to give us the other side of this building. I believe this. God's not going to give us the other... A million dollars to Him is nothing. Two million dollars for this is nothing. God is not going to give us the other building until we, he sees there's an overflow that we need to have the rest of the building. You understand? And the only way that's going to happen is not by, by me or two people going and doing street ministry. It's by the body of Christ being on active duty, shining everywhere they go. So, so much shining. So showing people how to deal with hurt. Showing people how to deal with love. Showing people how to deal with rejection. Showing people how to deal with struggle. That so much that the people around you just got to start following you to the sanctuary. They got to start following you to know where is it that you go that you get this hope. Where is it that you go that you get encouraged? Where is it that you go that you accepted and loved on and encouraged and built up and strengthened to get through another week? And when they start following you in here that we got to be standing, then God will give us the rest of the building. And, and when we fill that part of the building, then they start following us. God will give us a second floor and a third floor. And I believe He'll do whatever it is that He needs to do because it's, His, it's God's will that none should perish. But as long as, as, as Christianity stays corny and selfish and all about me, we won't grow, we'll shrink. And I don't care. I don't care about a big place or a little place. If God gives us 30 or 40 and that's who he wants us to disciple and run after, amen. But, but the word of God doesn't say that. I don't want a mega church where nobody knows anything and everybody's irresponsible. I don't, I don't want that either. 
But whatever God wants, man, I want there the sanctuary to be what God wants it to be. And I know that one of the things that he wants it to be is where the ministry is not up here all the time, but the ministry is all around. The ministry is distributed and carried equally. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for your people, Lord God. I pray. I know that your word never returns void. So, Father, I pray that the word that went forth this morning, God, that, that it would stir a fire inside of us, Lord God. Father, where there's hurt here today, I pray that you would just caress them, God. I pray that you would embrace them, God. Where there's pain, Lord God, I pray that you would bring comfort today. Where there's confusion, I pray that you would bring clarity, Lord God. Where there's fear, I pray that you would that you would bring, bring decision, Lord God, that you would break fear because you didn't give us a spirit of fear, Lord God. I pray for a sound mind in those that are, that are depressed and those that are struggling and those that are, that are broken and hurt and been abused, Lord God, even in the church and outside of the church. Father, I just pray for healing, a bl healing blanket that just covered this place right now, Lord God. But Father, I ask you that once the bleeding stops, once the pain starts to, to, to go away, that Father, that you would ignite a fire in each and every one in this place, Lord God, that they would shine so brightly that they would turn the very thing that hurt them into a testimony to give you glory. Father, put yourself on display. Put your glory on display in each and every one here today, Lord God. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you guys stand up for a second? Would you just hug two or three people before you're out of here and just say, man, this week shine. I encourage you this week to shine. I encourage you this week to shine. Amen. We love you guys. We love you. Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, Daddy. Oh, how we love you so. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.